Hi all, just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up before the episode starts. Um, my audio got corrupted for the first 12 minutes. Um, I was able to restart it after that point, so it's completely normal past that. Um, however, for my review, it's going to sound a little bit weird. So please just keep that in mind as you're listening. It does get better. The Film Basement is filmed in sunny West Hartford, Connecticut in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Filmmaker Space Night, where our corporate overlord has finally decided to stop by. I'm Brandon. Andrew. And Jimmy. And we're going to be talking about some of the movies and television shows that we saw this week. In addition to talk, having something a little bit different, um, we're going to be talking about a short film that's going to be getting made soon. Um, but on that note, um, let's, let me just dive into the movie I saw this week, which is Belle. So, Belle is about a high school student that becomes globally uh, that becomes a globally beloved singer after entering a fantastic virtual world. She soon embarks on an emotional and epic quest to uncover the identity of a mysterious beast who's on the run from ruthless vigilantes. So, I think overall, it's a very technically impressive movie. Um, it does a really good job of blending 2D and 3D animation into a very interesting um, kind of like middle ground. Essentially, whenever they're in this VR world, the world goes into 3D. It kind of gets that weird like 3D animation vibe to it that you see with like VR chat and all those kind of clients. But when it's in the real world, in the world of the movie, um, it goes into 2D, into a very well-drawn 2D animation. Um, and together, it together they present like a again. It's really cool how they integrate into each other because you can really feel like the presence of the virtual world when you're in there, based off how it's animated. And when you're in the real world, you feel like I don't know. It feels more real. It feels more grounded, being based off of like that hand drawn animation. So I love that. Um, and again, it in addition to that, it just looks beautiful. Like the movie is very well animated. Um, and it use, utilizes that space of animation so well to create like very stunning scenes. For instance, um, the world they dive into is essentially this like weird city where it's like some, it's like Inception if you've ever seen that, how like that part of the movie where like they turn the world upside down and like they bend that city blocks that way it's upside down. It looks like that, where there's part of the city that's like hanging upside down and there's another part of it that's coming up out of the ground and it meshes together really well. It presents this, presents this really cool vibe for this whole scene. In addition to a lot of the other um, like backgrounds that we get throughout the movie. Very, look, they look amazing. Additionally, the music is very good. Um, the person in this movie who become, like I said, becomes a globally famous singer, like the songs are good, they're bops. They, pop, they really pop off and enhance the movie on its own. I will say they are kind of forgettable, just a little bit, but like while you're watching the movie, they really pop off and get you into the scene that is going there. Um, so I did enjoy those a lot. However, I do think the story is kind of lacking. Um, I was talking to some of my friends about this after I saw the movie and they were commenting how it felt like the movie had gotten like parts of it cut off because while it's a two hour long movie, it feels like there's a lot missing from it which first off is not a good a sign of a good movie. Um, and second, it's bad that you can tell those parts are really missing. Because I don't know, there's like whole characters motivations that feel weird. Like there was something more behind them that was missing. 
And there's other characters who don't feel flushed out at all, but they're supposed to be very important to the story. A good example of this is the main character's love interest. She, he's very bland. Like nothing, nothing happens with him throughout this whole movie. And somehow you're supposed to believe she's falling in love with him, but like, there's just nothing that he has the personality of stale white bread. Like there's just nothing there. So I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but it definitely feels like there's something missing from here. Additionally, it doesn't really play around with the world it creates. And it, for me, at least, it left me with a lot of questions. For instance, we do get a lot of like shots of the cityscape that they, the VR players essentially live in and interact in and like access other parts of the VR world through, but we don't see much of that other VR world. Like there's, it feels like there's a world out there that they just didn't take the time or energy to explore. And for me, at least, that left a lot missing. Like, I wanted to know what was going on. Like, what kind of games are these people playing? Like, what what is like, I don't know, like a chat room look like here? Like, there's so much to explore and it's not touched at all, which is just kind of, which could be fine, I guess, if the rest of the story had been like up to par, but it really was not. Um, I'm kind of playing off that. It feels like there's a lot missing thematically from the movie because it's very focused on this idea of like, what is like what happens when someone goes viral and how does that like affect them in addition to how does internet culture affect people and it's just like it's just not really well explored like I, the high school student like again she does become famous out of nowhere it's essentially an overnight thing where she's suddenly this world famous singer but they don't really do much with it outside of that like there is a, admittedly an aspect to it with it where she's like hiding her identity she doesn't want people to know who she is but it's beyond that, there's just not much there. And it's a shame because it feels like there really could be a lot there, especially because this movie feels like it's very focused towards kids. Like there's, I don't know, there's so much to explore and it's missing. Kind of like how I was saying with the VR world earlier. Um, additionally, there's like some kind of imagery that was very lame, I guess is a good way of putting it. Um, and what I mean by that is, how do I say this? Um, like the, the story ends up centering on this like abuse narrative. Essentially the main character finds out there's this kid being abused online who's very famous within the world itself. And she makes it kind of her goal to find him and help him. But like, first off his character is essentially a lone wolf who it literally, he looks like a wolf who's on his own, who has like bruises in his back. It, it's a lot. And it's just kind of like way too on the nose to be like, at all good it just feels really weird additionally the, that character's again he's just very edgy like it's just not a well-designed or well thought out like focus for the movie um so it, oh and leading off of that i will also say the ending does feel very off it essentially ends with the main character finding this kid who's being abused and like standing up to that kid's dad but like how does like a a 15 year old kid stand up to like a 30 year old well-built man I don't know it seems very far out and kind of disingenuous and like very confusing with the rest of the movie so overall cool looking movie I thought visually it was amazing the music was popping it it could it explored some really cool ideas within animation itself but the story itself is very lackluster so I don't think I could recommend seeing it um I'd never heard of this movie. Is mm -hmm. it? It's called Bell. Bell. There's yeah. a creature in it. 
that's the what's it's it animated the creature it's, is the kid who's getting abused essentially right yeah it sounds a lot like is it in japanese i looked it up and there's yeah. a because i saw that there's um the voice actors were mainly japanese yeah um so it's it's an anime that's like a ready player one beauty and the beast ripoff almost kind of like scarily beauty and the beast if that makes sense they literally rip it's off that scene Belle. they literally rip off that scene where the beauty where bell and the beast are dancing in the ballroom it's like the yeah. exact same thing literally frame for frame it is almost the exact same scene and it's i mean it's called bell it has a beast in it like yeah. i just i was i was just sitting but here listening to i will talk say about it. like it sounds that's like kind of the beast but that's like just futuristic kind of like but that's kind of where it ends is like that hmm. it's not i don't know i know like i i get what you're saying because i did see that in the movie especially during that one scene but besides that it doesn't really follow it along all that well well, no, I didn't expect it to be a, like a one-for-one one ripoff, but it has that thema- thematic elements to the story Yeah, of a, I guess, tortured soul that is yeah. trying to find his way back to reality, I guess, uh, in this kind of aspect. Um, it's just kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, except just not as well told, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. which is unfortunate because it looked like a cool premise on paper and again i will say visually very stunning like if you want a pretty movie to look at it is definitely that and especially a movie pretty movie with pop and music so i've been so busy with uh it's it's my last week of work uh and i'm leaving my job so i'm gonna have more time to actually go to the movies um so i haven't really gone to the theater since yeah spider like before christmas uh spider-man and for matrix so i just figured i'd talk about um a disney plus show well i did see encanto but that was at my house but anyway uh i so uh hawkeye has i think i've given it enough time to where people should have seen it by now without giving out spoilers but um it's uh one of the six part episodes uh on Disney Plus. Um here we go again with the we're not sponsored, but you should definitely go get Disney Plus to uh watch it because it's out of, you know, there's f- four or five Disney Plus shows from Marvel now and um this was one of the better ones. I thought, um, I can't even remember her name. Uh, Kate Barton's act, the actress who plays Kate Barton, who whose name Kate escapes me. Kate Bishop, thank you. It's yeah. Um, Barton is Clint Barton, which is very confusing. Um, oh, Haley Steinfeld, who was in Bumblebee, is the main character. She was in bunch of other stuff that i had no idea uh, pitch perfect true spider-man Grit. spider-man into the spider-verse oh that's right she played gwen stacy uh in the animated spider-verse movies um very well done by her very nice portrayal of of kate bishop um uh it's always nice to see her on screen i'm always a i'm a fan um but you know hawkeye it's after endgame so he's dealing with 
the loss of uh, Black Widow, um, and he's dealing with the after effects of what he did during Endgame, which was having uh, to go around and uh, basically murder a bunch of mob people like Yakuza and the the cartel and all that stuff. Which I why I don't I still don't understand that um, that part of Endgame, but. Um. There was that line in Hawkeye where he says, I felt that it was the truth. Like, basically, he said that he felt like he was dueling out justice because what Thanos they did. They were there and, and yeah, like, other people the were The good not. people disappeared just as much as the bad people, but there were all these bad people that should have disappeared, too. Yeah. So he was making them disappear. So, you know, big twist. Um you know in episode five where you we actually get the um live action netflix characters into the marvel cinematic universe finally so we actually get to see who is actually behind all of the shenanigans of this show which ended up being vincent d'onofrio's wilson fisk from the daredevil show um on netflix which was awesome to see a little disappointing it didn't have the same he didn't really have the same gumption as like his netflix portrayal it it felt a little bit softer um and i think it's just because uh it's disney and disney needs to play some stuff safe especially with kids watching uh the show and stuff so um because daredevil was definitely over more on the mature side than than you know it was i think it was pg-13 but it was definitely more towards the the r side of stuff but it's still a good show um there had there was a lot of callbacks to the movies like with the pin particles uh and ant-man uh there was callbacks to the first avengers movie which was um the uh god what did they call it? the steve rogers miracle uh musical which um made me cringe and i guess a lot of people really liked it and they want like a steve rogers musical on broadway but it made me a uh, very uncomfortable uh because it was not written really well the music uh coming from someone who actually likes some of the musicals but you know i can't really say much more about it you know it's um you you got some new characters you got some old characters that haven't been in the mcu yet and i kind of want to see how they all tied together because we haven't really seen anything of these disney shows tied together in any sort of format they've all just kind of been individual standalone pieces and i want to see where they go from there because there hasn't been a team-up movie uh for the for marvel until may because um doctor strange multiverse of madness got pushed two months so we won't get that next uh in march but we'll get it in may so we'll see what happens and we'll see if hawkeye is going to be in the movie i doubt it i was kind of hoping for like a spider-man cameo at the end of hawkeye uh you know because you had that scene at the end of far from home or no way home where he's um flying over christmas time at the rockefeller center where episode six takes place so kind of hoping for a little spider-man cameo at the end of that but nope so 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where they all laid up because I'm interested. There's, there's like, like I said, there's four or five shows now and none of them have like kind of linked together. Um, I do have a question mm-hmm. about um, Vincent D'Onofrio as um, Kingpin. Do you think that, I mean, granted, he only had a limited amount of time. There was only, what, six episodes of this series and he was only in what? One and a part of it, like the well, they just showed his picture at the end of the yeah. fifth episode. Exactly, and then he was in that last episode. I, mm-hmm. for me, when I saw it, I loved every moment that he was on screen. It was just, it kind of felt like he didn't, because like in Daredevil, he's got a lot more screen time. Obviously, mm-hmm. this one it just felt like he didn't have that much screen time. And then at the end, there's that shot where. Supposedly he gets dead. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just feel like he's he was wasted. I'm hoping he comes back in another show or movie. But oh, I have a feeling. I've you know after watching what happened at No Way Home, because I still don't like talking about it until it's out on like movie DVD. Uh, because you never know who hasn't seen it. I know a few people who listen to this podcast who haven't seen it. So, um, you know. We'll see. I really hope he comes, makes a comeback, and I hope it's you know better than the Disney Plus outing. But I'm sure it will be. I have a lot of faith in. Well, I got a lot of faith in MCO right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we'll am see. curious because yeah. so because it is a TV show. I'm very curious. So I don't watch a ton of Marvel stuff. Um, but I will say I loved WandaVision when it was when it was originally releasing. Me and my girlfriend were really into that. We loved watching it because it was watching Wanda's personal journey throughout that show was really cool. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, there, like as somebody who doesn't watch that stuff, there wasn't a lot of stuff that tied into that movie. Like I could right. go, I, that show, I could go into that not having seen anything, mm-hmm. and I would I still got a lot out of it. Do you think that's the same for Hawkeye, or do you think this is a show that depends on you seeing the Marvel? Movies no, so out. Out if you're gonna rank, because there's four right mm-hmm. now, Jimmy. There's four shows. <laughs> One division, Hawk or One division, uh, Falcon, Falcon, Soldier, What If, and Hawkeye. Yeah, so that's four. Four. Okay, so out of the four, oh, I Loki. would say there's five. Oh, and Loki, right? Okay, so out of the out of the five, I would say One division. Mm, I would say what if would be one of the ones that you don't really have to watch any other Marvel property to, to, to kind of understanding of what's going on. And then I would say like WandaVision because WandaVision, you kind of have to know like kind of what's going on. Cause they do a little bit of a flashback of like what happened at the end of infinity war, uh, with, with vision, um, definitely when, uh, Falcon and the soldier, uh, Winter Soldier, you kind of have to know what's going on. It's all about how um, Bucky and um, uh, Bucky my, and uh, uh, Sam. Sam, thank you, Wilson. Um, it, it, taking over the Captain America mantle, Loki. Loki, you don't really have to know what's going on. You just kind of had to know what's going, what happened at the uh, during Endgame because uh, that's uh, Endgame Loki. It's not real Loki, um, so you don't really have to know what's going on with with Loki. Uh, and then Hawkeye, 
Yeah, because there's a lot of callbacks to like Endgame and Infinity War and Black Widow. even the original Avengers movie. Uh, Don't forget Black Widow. And yeah, and Black Widow. Yeah, because there is a character that gets brought in that's from the Black Widow movie, and you know, if you don't really know why she's there, but it, it's 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 weird because like it's not like it's not like when you watch like the Star Wars shows, like Mandal. If you watch Mandalorian, you don't really have to watch Star Wars to watch Mandalorian. It's about a bounty hunter, pretty much, who does jobs for money, and you don't really have to know any backstory about it. Book of Boba Fett, which is a, what's what's on right now on Disney Plus, it's coming out weekly right now. Kinda have to know a little bit of what's going on, but you don't need to watch all of the Star Wars movies to know what's going on with Boba Fett. Uh, just like the original three, not even not even the original three, like maybe the last one, like Episode Six. But that's kind of the whole thing with the um, those Disney Plus shows, and a, a lot of them are, are like that, where they're they take place in that universe, and you kind of need to know what's going on, but you don't really need to know what's going on. You just kind of have to have a little bit of knowledge, and you can still watch them. You can still get entertained. I bet you might like Loki. If you did, you watch Loki? I did not, but it sounded like it. I, I remember it being all over TikTok. It reminded yeah. it reminded me very much of WandaVision, and that it seemed like a show people could just get behind and get into because yeah. it was a really just fun and or cool vibe. Yeah, Loki would be one. Loki and What If, I would say, uh, if you haven't watched those and you don't watch a lot of Marvel, you could watch those and still be entertained. Uh, especially if you like anthologies, because that's what What If is. What If is an anthology show. It's a different. It's a different story every episode. Okay. Well, it's definitely good to know going into that. Also good to know they're always Disney's still making all those good, good Marvel shows and all that stuff. Um, and Jimmy, so what did you see this week? Well, over the past few weeks, I've been watching a show that is sort of like uh, Hawkeye as far as being a superhero show uh, and tied into, I guess, the superhero movie world, except it's not Disneyfied. It is... Ooh uh very much an adult series it's called um peacemaker it is the spin-off show from uh james gunn's hit movie this or this past year the suicide squad it follows uh john cena's character christopher smith aka peacemaker and basically it takes off right after the suicide squad um Picking up where the Suicide Squad left off, Peacemaker returns home after recovering from his encounter with Bloodsport, only to discover his freedom comes at a price. So, um, if you're worried that you need to see the Suicide Squad to enjoy the the Peacemaker show, you don't. Um, Don't get me wrong, I think you should see it. The Suicide Squad was so much better than the original Suicide Squad. James Gunn is an amazing writer and director. And he's the same guy that did um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. So he's got that weird sense of humor um, and it's baked into this show. Uh, If you haven't seen The Suicide Squad, the first episode of Peacemaker opens with Last Time on the Suicide Squad and gives you just like those flash, like on uh, old TV shows where they're like last week on 
whatever, rescue me or something. And they give you that synopsis. They gave you a synopsis of the Suicide Squad. Catches you up on the important things that have to do with Peacemaker. And then cuts to a hospital where Peacemaker's recovering from his injuries. And it opens with him getting released from the hospital because he was part of the Suicide Squad. So he was part of the Suicide Squad. He thought he got out of it. And then he just gets wrapped up again into this new group who were basically, like Ned says in Spider-Man, the guy in the chair. Now he's part of the gr a group, uh, a team of the guy in the chair. And he has to work with them to basically take out these things called the butterflies. Um, they are basically the, like the government says these guys are dangerous and Peacemaker has to go assassinate them. Um, the cast, uh, the crew, the crew that he's working with is, um, the boss is, um, Clemson Mern, a former special forces guy who has a secret, backstory working for the government but he's trying to become a better person and develop his feelings um you have uh amelia hardcourt she is just basically a badass who is on the team um every time uh peacemaker tries to hit on her she's hates him <laughs> basically uh and then one of my favorite characters is Leota Adebayo, played by Danielle Brooks. She is basically brand new to this whole spy game thing, and she's there for unknown reasons. Um, basically, uh, Amanda Waller, the boss of the Suicide Squad from the last two movies, said, you're part of the team, end of story. The rest of them are on this team because they're in trouble for stuff that happened during the Suicide Squad. Um, outside of the team, you have um, Vigilante, played by Freddie Stroma. He is, he has the same idea of killing for peace, but he, um, he's a huge nerd. He is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> he is one of the funniest things in this show, outside of Peacemaker. Um, and the show is it's it's got the James Gunn's like comedy mixed with a lot of heart and dealing with also very heavy issues like racism, straight up racism. The janitor calls uh, Peacemaker the racist supervillain in the beginning. And he's like, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, basically they get into this conversation about racism and policing he's like all right i'll start you know killing more white people if that makes you happy <laughs> so yeah it is this straight up james gunn show and i have nothing but good things to say about it and the opening credit scene is the best opening credits for any tv show ever and if you haven't seen it i recommend you at least watch that if you don't watch the tv show actually it uh, it doesn't even really match the tone of the rest of the show but I would highly recommend it. I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but it's definitely worth a watch. But don't let the kids watch it. 
Yeah, so I am curious about it on that note. Because when I was seeing, I've seen a few trailers for it. And oddly enough, it kind of reminded me of a mix between like Invincible and the boys, but without like the extreme violence, if that makes sense. Does it, <sighs> you say you without? I don't know. I didn't see that much violence oh, wow. in the trailers I was watching. Well, but trailers I'll don't correct normally me if show. I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> trailers don't normally show that amount of violence, but mm-hmm. it's um, right up there with okay, the boys. Cool. The so boys, yeah. It'd be, that, it would be like the boys. I agree. Mm-hmm. Except, I don't know. Uh, it seemed a bit more funny to me, maybe. I don't know if uh, that's true about it. It's definitely more funny. There's mm-hmm. um, where um, the team is basically arresting, rearresting um, Peacemaker in his trailer. It's like very redneck america trailer um uh mern is introducing the entire team to peacemaker and he gets to um Abadayo, and she just starts giving this speech like you would if you just joined a marketing team or something like that and this is a bunch of assassins <laughs> and it's so out of place but it's hilarious oh i forgot to mention the most important character is uh, Peacemaker sidekick, Eagley. Hmm. He's an eagle. <laughs> he is adorable, and I wish I had a dog like him. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, on that note, let's move into our last little segment here. Um, we don't have any pilot wings this week, unfortunately, but we do have Jimmy here, who his whole reason for honestly being here is to give us a little rundown on a short film he's making very soon. Um, and on that topic, Jimmy, why don't you talk about your film a little bit? All right. Um, so the film that I'm working on is called Police 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it deals with mental health in the military, more specifically Air Force Security Forces, because that's something that I know a little bit about. Um, and it, it basically deals with PTSD, mental health, all this trauma is meant for, it's about a seven minute long film. It's not like a feature length. It's intended to go to film festivals once completed and um, then probably distribute online somehow. Uh, the story is um, Staff Sergeant Bailey is posted alone. Um, she just got divorced. All her trauma is basically built up to this point where she was going to kill herself and she gets interrupted by unexpected guest um and her unexpected guest is a friend from long ago named uh airman smith um bailey is played by this incredible actress named um meg wells uh she's appeared on stuff like a short film called red that ended up in a few film festivals i'm drawing a blank on the other ones but there's a (laughs) whole list I actually got to see her act in a um, what or series that is being worked on in Hartford called um, Beige. And she did a pretty good job. That's kind of the reason I asked her if she'd be interested in this. And she has done a lot of research because she's not military. She's met with a military advisor who's a female tech sergeant currently serving in the Air Force because I, I can't speak for what it's like to be a female NCO what the stressors are so we met with her um you know we're putting all the props together getting all our cast and crew together uh matt mince is playing airman smith uh matt's background is stand-up comedy actually he's done some acting <laughs> but the idea is Air- airman smith is supposed to be 
he's happier. He's that hope that is going to be conf- be the conflict between Sergeant uh, Bailey's depression, anxiety, PTSD, and then you got Airman Smith who represents a something better. Um, Smith or not Smith, uh, Matt, he met with our military advisor or a military advisor who also was an airman in the air force and in security forces. Uh, he's a very, he's a professional, an amazing, uh, podcaster, I guess. (laughs) Uh, his name was Andrew Cullen. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I think Andrew can, you know, speak to, I mean, we covered stuff that Andrew and I went through in the military and the perspective of basically being an airman in security forces and what your priorities are, your stresses are. Um, we're probably get, our plan is to film in February. We have a GoFundMe set up. We're trying to raise the money because our goal is to try to get, make this as authentic, uh, and cinematic as possible and then release it to the film festivals and at the end of the short film, there'll be resources for those who are active duty, guard, reserve, and veterans because we're all in this together. Like, yeah, we all went through stress. Who served? We all. I, I feel like this film is going to help people realize that they're not alone in whatever trauma they dealt with because we're not. I, I posted this, and I've been getting a lot of responses from those I served with that I didn't know were in such dark places. Yeah. So. so on that, on that topic, um, this overall does seem like a very personal story to you. And I've read the script and it feels very personal. Um, is, Heck, is you acted like, in the original one. I, we'll get to that in a second. Is this based on like an, an experience you've had in the past or is this like a collection of different, like things you've felt or experiences you've heard from other people? Like, how did you come to this idea? So it's kind of a mix, I guess. Um, when I was in, I went through a lot of my own personal demons and stressors, and I'm probably dealing with some now. Mm-hmm. But it, I've seen a lot of people struggle, struggle while I was in. And some people didn't make it, unfortunately. I This... I wrote this film in a way that I hope it can speak to not just like myself who only went to the Gulf Coast countries in uh, the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and UAE. I want this to speak to people that also went to Iraq, Afghanistan, or people that never left the missile fields. Like, I want this to be something that speaks to anyone that served, regardless of if they saw combat or not, because all of us have dealt with some kind of stress one way or another in the military because it's not an easy job. It's not like, I mean, it sounds easy on paper, but it's mentally difficult to be away from your family for multiple days, for multiple months. Um, so yeah, I, I would say some of it is me. Um, Meg was great. She asked for a backstory of her character. So I wrote her 30 pages that explained the past 10 years and, a lot of that was personal yeah. stuff that I witnessed. There was other stuff in there that I know other people went through. So in some ways, yeah, it was based off of me. Yeah. So you also mentioned earlier that um, this is something you've already shot. And I remember this because I acted in it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we did a fantastic you, job. By oh way. God. What do you, <laughs> what do you hope to game right now by reshooting it? Like, what do you think you can do differently now that you weren't able to do then? Um, well, I would say I'm a better director, I hope. <laughs> but the thing is when we, when you, me and the others filmed this, um, Malcolm was also out there with us. Um, it was just the four of us. I'm drawing a blank on who was helping me with the camera. But um, we were out there in the cold. We just had my Nikon. Lighting was trash. Audio was trash. But that was our sophomore year, mm-hmm. I think. And I, we were still very much learning how to do things. This time, and I, and I still somehow managed to get into the Mystic Film Festival. This time, I I believe I can do a better job because I did a rewrite because I went through some stuff this past year that knocked me off my feet. And you, my hope is that having that adds some more authenticity to the script, mm-hmm. but also by hiring real actors. Nothing against you, uh, Brandy, but you're... No, everything against me. <laughs> you belong behind the camera with me. Yes. <laughs> Um, but bring in two incredible actors, bringing in, uh, Kiwan Harrison, who is an mm-hmm. awesome director of photography. He co-runs a production company here in Connecticut called, um, 10 out of 10 productions. And they are, they've sent stuff to film festivals. They worked on projects for the Bushnell in Hartford. Uh, they're right now trying to work on making a TV show. Uh, they made a pilot. Now they're trying to get people on board so to get kiwan on board is an incredible jump on top of that we're working on getting you know a makeup artist and a sound person because um from our personal history i'm pretty sure we both are terrible at sound (laughs) so you know by hiring professionals to make this look better by buying gear that as closely matches security forces gear by, you know, renting a car that security forces would use trying to make this look as authentic as possible. I think it will a speak to more people because, you know, we get into more film festivals that hopefully will reach out to not just military, but the civilian population, because before talking to me, I'm sure you didn't know how high the suicide rate was within the military community. It's, was it up to 22 a day? That's terrible. That rate is higher than in the civilian world. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And my seven minute film is not going to address all those reasons. My hope is that a get, it helps people realize that need help, that they're not alone. And there are places to reach out to that. Their, their, their career is not the most important thing in the world. Their life is, I mean, Andrew and I can attest, eventually the Air Force goes away. Whether it's out of choice, like myself, not choice, or whatever, it's not always going to be there for you. So you shouldn't treat it like it's your life. It, your your life is your life. But then on top of that, the conversation needs to also be held outside of the military community because the government's not going to do anything. Like Congress or the military is not going to do anything without any external pressure. So if the actual population starts talking about it, then 
maybe the mentality of leadership in the military will change. Mm -hmm. But my movie can start the conversation. Yeah. And on that, on that note, I do, I read the scripts. I love the changes you made to it <sighs> through all of that. And I think, I think it's a great concept. Um, you did mention a little bit that before that uh, people were reaching out to you to talk about their stories and all that kind of stuff. Where can people reach you if they do want to reach out or if they do want to help perhaps support you? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, if you're watching this podcast, I, you probably have an idea of where we have a lot of our stuff. Um, Name Pending Productions is our Facebook, YouTube page. It's kind of where we put a lot of our content, whether it's podcasts like um, this one or... Uh, Poulin's, I'm drawing a blank, sports and, non sports and nonsense, or our comedy content, because we do that. And we also post updates about this film, where our GoFundMe is, um, where our, uh, you know, <laughs> t-shirt store is, because we do have one. And by supporting like that GoFundMe, it can really help the movie become a reality, because it's not cheap. I, I hate to say it, like, I wish it was cheap. I wish it would just grab my Nikon and film something, but you need a lot of professionals to make a film worthwhile and talent. I mean, though I'm getting discounts because they believe in the cause, at the end of the day, I still got to pay them for their time. So that being said, um, yeah, you can hit up our GoFundMe. I'm sure it'll, there'll be a link to it when we post this video. Um, Check out our YouTube page. Check out our Facebook page. Just look up Name Pending Productions. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Facebook. We're on the YouTube. We're all over the place. Just like us, follow us, share whatever you like. Seriously, if you like something, share it. Like it, comment. I will respond because I have nothing better to do. I was literally <laughs> thinking that. Uh, I was going to say that, you son of a gun. No, I actually like interacting with the... Uh, people but um yeah tell me what you think even if it's something that i disagree with I, we got comments that why don't military people star in this instead of actors and yeah because military people don't know how to act not all of them and these two actors i think can do the roles justice yeah, speak yeah. for yourself but, <laughs> what you want to put security forces I'll number again, again. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all the questions I had for today. Andrew, do you have any questions for Jimmy, or we can just no, take this into the wrap-up? Um, we'll have that link down in the uh, description of the video for YouTube. It'll be in the description for the um, post on the audio version from Spotify, iTunes, Podcasts, and uh, CastBox. So, um. It should pop up as a, uh, an actual link, but if not, just copy and paste it into your web browser. Yeah. And, um, you know, every little bit helps. Every uh, little bit helps. Because, you know, coming, like Jimmy had said, coming from experience, you know, I've had a lot of um, uh, experience with this kind of stuff, whether it be myself or with other people that I know. Uh, that have been in the military or who are unfortunately no longer with us. So um, definitely uh, something to get behind and to bring awareness to uh, because not 
a lot of people are aware that are civilians so yeah 100 percent. okay well let's move into the wrap-up jimmy i know what you're plugging already right off the bat andrew do you have anything you want to plug um sports and nonsense is going to come back eventually uh i know i say this about every week and um it's the playoffs for football but Mm -hmm. uh like my uh, i'm trying to get like I think I'm going to have a lot more free time. I'm just so stressed out over school. Yeah. Uh, especially with this class that I'm in right now. Cause this class that I'm in right now is like extremely hard. And also if I fail a class, I have to wait four months to rejoin the class. It's not, Ooh, like, I can just, it's not like I just go in the next month and be like, I'm here again. No. So I am putting in a lot of effort to make sure that I pass all of my classes. So uh hopefully we'll record this week i'll reach out to rich and ask him about it so good to know and i'm gonna plug the sesame street movie go see the sesame street movie because if you don't (laughs) i'm definitely seeing it in the following week because it sounds it sounds so good i have to see Uh. i have to know if it's as good as it sounds that's the other thing is like there's like no like there's just no movies that's that's like catching my attention that it's like remember how i mentioned remember how i mentioned at the start of the month january and february are famously dead months this is what i meant well it's funny because there was there there was a movie i was gonna go watch but it got Mm -hmm. delayed so yeah it really do be like that unfortunately okay there might be some movies that are have been out for a while that i'll go see i know there's a couple of them yeah we shall see or maybe we can do a dual episode and we both watch the sesame street movie could do that (laughs) whatever works i'll go watch it at like nine o'clock at night when there's no kids (laughs) i mean hey at least where i'm at right now nobody goes to the movies anymore so i got theater all to myself it's great no it gets packed in florida people in florida (laughs) don't care florida folks do not care all righty well on that on that note um thank you all for watching the filmmaker's basement i'm brandon andrew and jimmy and we will see you all next time (laughs) goodbye all (laughs) 